In this week's edition of Farmers Inside Track, we find out why Ludwe Majiza left his city job as an IT specialist to move back to his ancestral home in the village of Mkubiso in the Eastern Cape. In our entrepreneurship slot, Chief Agricultural Economist at the National Agricultural Marketing Council, Dr. Safiso Ndombela, explains what lockdown level 3 means for farmers. We are inspired by KwaZulu-Natal farm manager and co-founder of the Bee Academy, Mbalingobo. She says a Food for Mzanzi article about her journey has really upped her business profile, opening many new doors. And this week we are reading a book called Working Through the Barriers to Success by author Sibisiso Molimi. He shares his life stories and challenges us to face our own demons. We're also excited to announce a new addition to our podcast. Dr. Johnny van der Merwe, an agricultural economist, joins us for the weekly AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Markets. Every week he will discuss the latest price movements and also discuss expectations for the coming week. This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food for Mzansi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey South Africa, welcome to episode 28 of Food for Mzanzi's weekly podcast called Farmers Inside Track. My name is Dawn Numdu. I am the editor of South Africa's leading agricultural news and lifestyle publication. And joining me is journalist Duncan Masiwa. Hey Dawn, great to be here again. I must admit I'm really enjoying podcasting and it's always an honor to co-present on behalf of Team Food for Mzanzi. But of course, again today, we have another exciting lineup for our listeners. That's right, Duncan. As you know, this week the country moved to lockdown level 3, but I'm eager to know what it means for the farmers in Mzanzi. But first up, it's over to journalist Nolutando Ngakani and permaculturalist Ludwe Majiza. Many South African youngsters dream of a one-way ticket out of their rural villages. But you left your city job to move back to your familial home in the village of Umkubiso in the Amatula district of the Eastern Cape in 2018. Why did you decide to give up the city life? Thanks, Lulu, because this is a really critical question. And I think there are various answers to it. Personally, I think my journey has really been about helping others, bridging the gap between the haves and the have-nots. That's the environment I come from, and I don't really feel this would have changed. I feel this actually is the next step. This is the next level, and I feel I'll have more impact doing it in the Eastern Cape, where I come from, and I feel that there's a bigger need there at the moment. So... That's where my heart lies, and this is where the need is at the moment. So how did you go from being an IT specialist with the Western Cape Department of the Premier to permaculturalist? Oh no, it's not as far-fetched as it sounds, you know, because if you look at my early childhood development, my foundation phase, where I grew up and the type of schools I went to early in life in the Eastern Cape, I grew up, you know, a bit in the village and mostly in the locations. And there it was outdoors quite often. So I enjoyed going out in the wild, hunting, 
fishing and walking around doing stuff outdoors basically also we were kind of made to work in the garden quite often just to weed the garden I think as well as my primary school was a farm school, you know, Lillefontein Primary School was a farm school and my high school, Portrex Technical High School, I worked a lot with my hands. So with permaculture, all those things are highly critical. You can use all those things in permaculture. You're also very involved in educating and equipping youth with sustainable skills in agriculture in your community. What is your goal with this initiative? Bill Mollison, one of the founders of permaculture, believes that the best way for us to spread this knowledge is through teaching it. You know, what better way to learn something than teaching it? You truly know something when you are able to teach it. So if we are saying that we want our, we want our future generation to look after our land, if we, we are saying we want to give people land and farms to make an example, do the people have the skills to do that? What are we teaching our youth now to look after our country and our resources in 20 years to come? What education are we giving them? So it's definitely critical that education is part of this journey for me. And yeah, I definitely love doing it. Although there is often an abundance of land in rural areas, there are a number of challenges with accessing funding. Is this, in your opinion, one of the major big stumbling blocks for growth and development in rural communities? I think one of the positives we really can take out of this pandemic is just that it's shown us the cracks in our system. It's showed us what is of high value to us as a species just living and going forward strong. The rural environment allows that it gives us that security of resources, which is the actual land. And using tools like permaculture creates ultimate security because the focus is regenerative. The focus is no harm to earth, to all living matter on earth, to human beings and caring for one another. So certainly um, these two things combine a combination of the rural environment with permaculture would definitely create uh, food security for us. Ludwe, you believe rural living and permaculture could be the solution to food insecurity. Is this really possible, especially in light of the COVID-19 pandemic and concerns about food security? It certainly is. I think the barriers, for example, would be language, transportation. For example, you know, very rarely would you see any form of application being in completely, you know, from that whole process of applying for funding. Would it be in that specific language, in the home language of the applicant? Also, what is required for them to submit is not necessarily easily accessible to the farmer. You know, and how much they have to spend in order to get to the source of the information or to make a photocopy, you know, so those type of things. So certainly there needs to be some, some way we streamline the service. Now for some quirky questions. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? It would certainly be the acacia tree, also known as umga. Now, this tree grows to about four meters, two to four meters, not too tall. But the uses of this tree are very, very valuable. It's indigenous. So we have plenty of this tree here. It's thorny, so it can be used as fencing. It works very well as fencing. 
as a natural living fence. It also feeds the soil. It's a nitrogen fixer. It's very good as firewood, one of the best in the world. And it also feeds our animals, our livestock, so even wild animals. If you could only choose one song to play every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life, what would it be? Well, if there's one song that certainly gets everyone going, happy, smiling, positive vibes, good energy, good spirits. This song is sung everywhere by anyone, possibly everyone. You don't need to hit the highest notes or have the deepest baritone. And you can possibly sing it anywhere, at any time. It has to be Happy Birthday, the biggest happy song. Thanks for joining us, Ludwe Majiza. I'm really inspired by your life story and I hope more young people will start considering accessing wealth within their own rural communities. Stay tuned. Next up, Chief Agricultural Economist at the National Agricultural Marketing Council, Dr. Sefiso Ndombela, explains what lockdown level 3 means for farmers. Yes, Gotham, ha. You have no idea how much I miss your meals now that Sengi Seres. You know, Nganyami, with grain-filled chickens, it will be like you back home every time we pega. Gampela, ma. Grain-filled chickens. That has been in Fishako on Kelemnyaga. Yeah, wanna from now on eat grain-filled chicken. This is on top of my grocery list. Frozen, fresh, and marinated chicken for me to choose from. Aukabanginji. Hey, you may have the secret, but mommy still cooks best. How got a ma? Grain fuel chickens. Quality South African chicken. Bring home the taste. This week, the country moved to lockdown level three, and I'm sure many of you were counting down the hours to roam freely again. But what does it really mean for farmers? And is this the turnaround they need? Chief Agricultural Economist at the National Agricultural Marketing Council, Dr. Sufiso Ndombela, details what level three means for Mzanzi farmers. I trust you are well. I trust you are keeping safe. We continue practicing the social distancing to ensure that we flatten the curve and we stop the spread of coronavirus. I strongly believe you have enjoyed the first day of stage three of the risk-adjusted strategy of reopening up our economy. Stage three of our economy should point in very well for our businesses and our farmers as we welcome more businesses coming into operations. This is also important for our workers as we expect more than 8 million people returning to their place of work in various parts of our economy in various sectors within the country's economy. From the agriculture and the food perspective, one of the most important signs with stage 3 is that it will boost the demand for food as we have seen a serious decline in aggregate demand for food in the first two phases of the coronavirus lockdown. What is important as we come in on stage three is that the reopening of our liquor industries will bring some relief into our barley farmers who will be able to have a market open for them. While the tobacco farmers might still strictly to depend on sale of tobacco, more and more industries in the agrarian sector will be able to operate, including the exports of wine, export of cotton, wool, as well as floriculture, which are some of the industries that were constrained during the stage four and stage five, as well as during the hard lockdown. What is also very good news for farmers and agribusinesses 
is that uh, stage three will then be able to revive the fast food outlets as well as the informal food trading which will improve the demand for farmers, which will improve the demand for agribusinesses and will all be able to bring out more footprint even on our fresh produce market across the country. This is also important as it will re revive our export as we believe that more capacity will be put on our ports to ensure a smooth operation of our import and export so that the country continues to generate foreign earnings. As we welcome the news of stage three and we hope that the, the economy will, will revive and basically continue to grow. We emphasize the importance of complying and re recognizing safety and compliance into the coronavirus regulation that have been promulgated by government. I thank you all and I remain optimistic that the economy will be able to revive itself. Thanks, Dr. Sofiso and Tombela. One of the trending stories on Food from Zanzi is about Mbali Ngobo, a KwaZulu-Natal farm manager and co-founder of the Bee Academy in the Jarkensburg. She says a Food from Zanzi article about her journey has really upped her business profile, opening many new doors for her in the agri-industry. Hi Food from Zanzi, this is Mbali Ngobo. It actually gives me great pleasure and great honor to actually give a reflection on what Food from Zanzi has done for me. I personally feel that it has brought so much for me in terms of growth within the agricultural industry itself because whenever I make business associations or send through proposals, the very first thing that they do is to do some research about me personally. And I'm actually happy to say that the very first thing that pops up on the internet is my article that was featured by Tanke Masiwa in the previous year regarding my journey in the industry itself and the challenges that I've met up with and also my direction in life and my goals as to where I'm moving to as a, as a young agripreneur. I feel that also it has given me some sort of substance and stability in actually building a foundation for myself within the industry itself. And it's amazing how much even when I've made some form of business association internationally, which is in Canada to be specific, they actually were very, very overwhelmed and were very proud when they actually read up that article about myself. It inspired them to be able to work with me and they saw me as um, someone with great potential and someone with great value within the industry whom they'd also like to be associated with. So for me, it just brings so much joy and fulfillment knowing that there's someone out there who actually believed in me. There's someone out there who actually can look up as to what exactly is this young farmer all about. I'm grateful and I'm thankful for Food from Zanzi for creating such a platform. And I believe that also, yes, upcoming farmers that you have also featured within your articles themselves, I feel they've also gained some form of establishment within the industry itself because if there's nothing or no information about you and nobody actually knowing what you are doing in terms of impact in the economy and the agricultural space altogether, it won't do you any good. So I believe that food from Zanzi is a pillar in the agricultural sector and it's playing a major role. There are other platforms that are there, but however, food from Zanzi has given its time to actually tap into the untapped territories, which is the most important thing in, in the agricultural sector. 
And there is so much that agriculture can give, but it only takes that one domineering factor. And that is someone who will take their time to actually look into such into such projects and to look into such initiatives that are, are being done by young people in the agricultural space, not only young, but also, you know, upcoming farmers who are actually working hard to build their farming enterprises. And I'm grateful for Food from Zanzi. And I do believe it is a pillar in the agricultural space. And I do believe there is still so much more that Food from Zanzi will bring to the table. And also in terms of data collection and in terms of knowing who is who in the agri-space is quite important even for our government itself because the government needs such information and if there is no one there to give such, then it is not of any good for anyone. Food from Zanzi has been able to bridge that gap into finding all these farmers that are out, that are unrecognized, but yet they are doing so much within the industry itself. And I really, really thank you. And I do believe that there's so much more that you are still going to do for us as farmers. And we are all going to propel to greater heights. Thank you. Thanks for the inspiration, Mbali Ngobo. We feel honored to have told your story. For more daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists who go above and beyond to feed South Africa, stay tuned to www.foodformzanzi.co.za or simply follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. We've just about reached the end of this week's episode of the Farmers Inside Track podcast. But first, our book of the week. Our farmers have selected Working Through the Barriers to Success by author Sibusiso Molimi. Let's hear why YouTuber Sithleum Sibi recommends this book. It is a book written by a South African author. So shout out to Sibusiso Molimi. This is the book where I read and I thought I need to stop reading, reading, reading and actually start doing. So part of the book, he speaks about the importance of having a vision board. Guys, this is a 90 page book, okay? And it literally took me like a good month because when he was like, okay, do your vision board, da, 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 I actually stopped reading the book and actually worked on creating my vision board. And to my surprise, I actually achieved at least 70% of my vision board. And uh, it's quite thrilling because you get to realize that knowing about a vision board and having one are not the same because you're able to actually keep track when you start to see your things manifest. I am about to create my 2020 vision board. So I am hoping to share with you guys my experience and how I go about to creating it. And from our book of the week to this week's AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Markets, over to you, Dr. Johnny van der Merwe, an agricultural economist at the Northwest University. 
We discuss price movements for the past week and also what we're expecting for the week lying ahead with mostly very weak demand likely to impact the markets negatively. These outlooks are aimed at keeping you up to date with the latest news and trends on the fresh produced markets of South Africa. And to stay up to date with the latest prices and news, please subscribe to the AMT YouTube page and also follow us on Facebook. But let's go and see what happened to vegetable prices the past week. The potato price gained some ground, increasing by 6% week on week to 30 rands and 9 cents per 10 kilogram bag. Prices may move slightly upward from this low base in the coming week, but demand remains very limited on the markets. The tomato price increased by 4% last week to 640 per kilogram with a slight improvement in demand. We are however expecting increasing volumes and demand to keep the prices around its current levels. Carrot prices decreased by 5% last week to 443 per kilogram with limited demand also negatively affecting this price. The onion price also decreased the past week to 6 rand and 9 cents per kilogram. Other vegetable prices traded as follows. Cabbages on 2 rand 42 per kilogram, garlic on 125 rand 10 cents per kilogram, spinach on 4 rand 12 per kilogram, sweet potatoes on 3 rand 54, peppers on 10 rand 28 per kilogram, chilies on 6 rand and 8 cents per kilogram, while the latest pumpkin price traded 1 rand 94 per kilogram. In general, we aren't expecting the usual improvement in vegetable prices this week with demand currently very flat on the markets. Therefore, expect mostly sideways moving prices. However, when we look into the fruit markets, we are experiencing a slightly different picture. Most fruit prices are currently under severe pressure due to very weak demand and volumes accumulating on the markets. We are expecting most fruit prices therefore to continue on its lower trend for the coming week. The banana price decreased by 4% to 786 per kilogram and is probably under the most pressure with low demand that will continue to drive these prices downward over the coming week. The latest apple price traded 1% lower on 675, with the latest pear price 3% down to 680 per kilogram. Low volumes continue to support the grape price, increasing by 11% to 37.20 per kilogram. Some good news, however, is that the AVO demand remains strong in the midst of this declining market, staying on 10 rand 46 per kilogram. Pineapple prices decreased by 43% to 12 rand 88 per kilogram last week, mostly due to low demand. Although orange prices are decreasing slightly, the feeling is that demand remains strong on the markets, keeping prices competitive, although volumes are very high at the moment. The latest orange price decreased by 18% to 3.61 per kilogram. Other fruit prices traded as follows. Mangoes on 46.37, peaches on 3.12 and lemons on 4.37 most likely to decrease over the coming week due to lower quality on the markets as well. To sum up, we aren't expecting fireworks this week on the markets with especially fruit prices that can decrease given the limited demand. To stay up to date with the latest prices and news in the fresh produced markets of South Africa, please subscribe to the AMT YouTube page and also follow us on Facebook. 
This AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Markets was made possible by Standard Bank. Back to you, Dawn and Duncan. Thanks to Dr. Johnny van der Merwe who brought us this week's AMT Fresh Produce Outlook. If you need more information, go to amtrends.co.za. Dawn, that brings us to a wrap for this week then. Remember, if you love the podcast, please, please share it with your friends, family and fellow farmers. And also remember that lockdown level three of the COVID-19 lockdown is no excuse to be reckless. Please stay safe out there and follow Food for Mzanzi's COVID-19 support page for the latest information. From me, Dawn Numdu. And me, Duncan Masua, and the rest of the Food for Mzanzi team. Have a great week. Ciao. You've been listening to the Farmer's Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.